now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Good morning. Happy Friday. Tim Donnelly Show, WRAD Radio Network, live inside the Makadu studio. Guests and callers join us in on the Baker Team Hotline. I keep wanting to say inside the Baker Team Hotline. Maybe we should make it a a tunnel or something that you can join us in. Uh, it is the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Bright and early on a Friday morning. Congratulations, everybody. Assuming you're up and out of bed, then you have done the hardest part of your Friday, and it's darn near the weekend already. We have a good show lined up for you, but first, it is, it is of course, time to make sure you are prepared to take on everyone uh, in sports knowledge, right? If you stumble your way into a conversation – backpedal into uh, a happy hour where everyone's talking about the game or a PTA meeting where everyone says, did you hear what happened with the Hokies? Uh, Whatever that conversation is, I want to make sure you have all of the information you need to participate. That's why we got you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And we will start with the most pointless sports story of the weekend, that, of course, being the Pro Bowl. If you've heard me once, you've heard me a thousand times, the Pro Bowl should be renamed the Pointless Bowl. It should be an honor. It should be like the All-Pro Honor, right? It's just something that goes next to your name at the end of the season that you were a Pro Bowl selection, and then you get together, you put together an event for the fans, but you should not play a game. Players, they're too afraid to get hurt to actually play football. The game isn't even really football. You can't blitz. You can't disguise coverages. The the players don't want to be there. I'll put it this way. Three wide receivers in the NFC alone decided not to show up to the Pro Bowl, which means three guys that weren't chosen originally for the Pro Bowl are going to be playing in the Pro Bowl, which means you don't even have a Pro Bowl full of Pro Bowlers. So I have no idea why this game takes place. I just wanted to get that off of my chest. The Farmers Insurance Open is going on in the PGA Tour right now, which if you're not a golf nerd, you probably don't care about. But I'll tell you this, even the most casual of golf fans, even the most, well, I play mini golf, but I don't really play golf, golf people out there, no one name. Tiger Eldrick, actually Eldrick Tiger Woods, give that man his full name. this game or this tournament, the Farmers Insurance Open, is being played at Torrey Pines, which you may remember as the site for one of his most dramatic major victories, the 2008 U.S. Open. And he started his week with a Thursday three under par 69, just three strokes back of the leader. But more importantly, he is hunting for his 83rd victory, breaking Sneed's record. Whatever his next PGA Tour victory is will make him the winningest, the all-time winningest golfer in the history of the PGA Tour. It's official. LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo are captains of the All-Star Game after being the leading vote-getters in the Eastern and Western Conference. Pretty darn exciting. It is officially overlap season. The best NBA times are when two eras are overlapping. Think Bird and Magic being in their prime while Jordan comes into his prime. Think Kobe being in his prime as Jordan is on the tail end of his prime. Think LeBron being in his prime as Kobe is still in his prime. LeBron and Giannis, that Venn diagram is overlapping right now. It's a pretty exciting time to be watching the NBA. 
12 games for Silvio D'Souza, the guy that picked up the chair, the, 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 the stool, and was going to throw it down on top of a Kansas State player during the brawl between KU and K-State. Here's what I have to say. Banning players is one thing. Ban the coaches and all of this will stop. If you ban coaches, the guys that control every single little minute detail about their players, their teams, their programs, if you ban them for fights, suddenly fights will stop happening. I guarantee it. Virginia Tech fans, Hokie fans, listen up. We did mention how the Pro Bowl doesn't matter, but if you're looking for a Hokie football player to watch this weekend, Tremaine Edmonds and Kyle Fuller are uh, alive in the Pro Bowl and in a weird twist, both of the celebrity former player legend captains are also from Virginia Tech with Bruce Smith and Michael Vick. So there's quite a bit of Virginia Tech flair at the Pro Bowl if you're looking to quench that thirst in some way. If you're just looking for Hokie sports, big basketball game on Saturday, Virginia Tech taking on Boston College. Boston College is just 3-5 and five in the Atlantic Coast Conference. They've beaten Notre Dame, Wake, and in a surprise upset, Virginia, but they've lost to Duke, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh with their last four games being losses to Georgia Tech, Hughes, Wake, and Pitt. They are stumbling down the stretch here or in the meat of their ACC schedule. Virginia Tech should do everything in their power to not give Boston College a reason to get excited to not give Boston College a reason to think they can actually win this game. When it comes to the transfer portal, I'm proud of you all. I'm proud of Hokie Nation because it seems like nobody's head fell off after five players entered into the transfer portal within uh, uh, just an hour of each other a couple days ago. But I did some research, and I want everyone to know this just to calm your nerves even further. Uh, Just picked random ACC teams. Duke has 11 in the portal. Florida State has 10 in the portal. Louisville, 9 in the portal. North Carolina, who seems like the entire program is built around recruiting, 9 in the portal. So quite a few players in the portal for that one. Looking at games coming up this weekend in ACC basketball, Miami taking on North Carolina. North Carolina looking to avoid skidding even further into their pit of despair. Clemson and Louisville taking on each other in Louisville, uh, a battle of of a couple of conference opponents there. Notre Dame, Florida State, North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, UVA, Wake, and of course, Virginia Tech, Boston College. Check them all out. That is Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show on a Friday morning. Thank you for starting your day with us. Uh, It is 6-13. And and as you heard in the Gotcha Covered segment, the Farmers Insurance Open – probably doesn't elicit many, many emotions in the casual golf fan, right? And I've been there in my life. I've been the casual golf fan that just, uh, you know, gets down with, with the majors and tunes in on Sunday if someone I know is in the running and they're making a, a go at a trophy. But one, this one's at Torrey Pines, and Torrey Pines is, is one of the uh, iconic golf courses in, in our country, Okay. Um, it's been the site of some of the greatest tournament performances that we've ever seen. So at the very least, it's like revisiting an old memory. It's like that, that moment where, uh, you recognize a place in a movie. You you ever have that phenomenon? Uh, my entire in-laws, like my wife and, and her family are all from Baltimore and watching the wire. Have You ever seen the wire? Uh, no. The Wire, it's one of the greatest television shows of all time. I won't put that on your your uh, homework list just because there's, I think, six seasons of something like 22 or 30 episodes a season, and, and I don't want to 
sign you up for that kind of commitment when you have so much else on your plate. Thank you. I but but uh, it all takes place in Baltimore. And watching it with someone from Baltimore is hilarious because every time they're walking somewhere, she'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. Those buildings aren't next to each other. Or it's, it's, it's like that, right? It, and it happens um, more often than you think. Um, that's what it's like watching a tournament at Torrey Pines. It's like you remember shots from each of these holes, and, and now you're seeing other guys playing them. The other thing is this. And this is the real reason why we talk about it. If you tune into the show, you already know. I have my, my golf hat on and I'm ready to go. Tiger Woods. Torrey Pines, the site of his 2008 U.S. Open victory. One of the more memorable of his major championships. Posted a 369, three strokes back. You want to hear something crazy? This is along the lines of, remember a, a couple weeks ago, and we're actually going to talk about it here in a second. Uh, we talked about LeBron being the the last flag holder of the old guard of sports popularity. We were talking football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, team sports. Uh, we should have had Tiger in that mix. Tiger played yesterday with Colin Morikawa. Might not mean anything to you. But do you know what's fascinating about Tiger Woods playing with Colin Morikawa? Morikawa was born after Tiger Woods turned pro. Oh. He, he was born after Tiger Woods was dominating professional golf. That is unbelievable. Tiger won last year's Masters. He's playing with a guy that was born after he won his first. He's hunting for his 83rd victory. Now that Tiger is back, and once you win a major, you're back, right? He's now starting to, to make some longevity um, uh, impressions. He's now starting to make some longevity impressions on, on golf, meaning his assault on the record book started in 1997. We're now in 2020. He, he's now been one of the best golfers on the planet or, or one of the most famous golfers on the planet, longer than he was an amateur. And he's still out there posting a 369 on Torrey Pines, uh, three strokes back of a group of leaders that doesn't necessarily have much star power, which means you wouldn't believe that they're going to run away with it. Very rarely do you have a no-name take off and put distance behind them. Matter of fact, the last time that happened was probably Tiger Woods back in 1997. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's truly awesome. And, and one of the things that I promote here on this show, and I do it often, is appreciating greatness, right? It's, it's even if you're not an Angels fan, trying to catch Mike Trout when he's playing on the East Coast, right? When he's not playing a game that starts at 10.30 East Coast time, if he's, if he's on the East Coast going on a, a, an East Coast swing and he's playing a game that starts at 6 and it's on television, catch it. If he's coming through your town, if you're from Atlanta and he's playing the Braves, catch that game. Because you may not see it ever. Because chances yeah. are – if your family is a sports family like mine is, or if you have friends that are sports friends like mine are, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, you're going to want to tell that story, right? You're, you're going to want to tell your grandkids, I saw Mike Trout play. 
My grandpa told me all the time. My my mom would give me a quarter. It would be 10 cents for a ticket, 10 cents for a hot dog, 5 cents for a soda, and he'd watch Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle or uh, you know the 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 greats of the greats because he was he was from New York the greats of the greats in the, those Yankee dynasties and and you know what story that makes you know why that was a cool story to tell me because even fifty years after that happened I still knew who those guys were it would have been really 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 boring if he was like and then I'd go into this and I'd see Joe Spaniel. I was like, who's Joe Spaniel, Grandpa? <laughs> and it sounds like, okay, sure. You saw you saw a guy. All right. But as soon as he put DiMaggio's name on it, it was like, oh. As soon as he put, and and the Mantle Maris years were were later. He was already out of college by then. But as soon as he put the, the, the names on it that I still recognized as Hall of Famers is when it got really exciting. So imagine this. It's 30 years from now, 20 years from now. I don't know how old you are. And, 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 and your grandkids are asking you, do you like golf? And you get to drop the, I, I used to watch Tiger Woods. Do I like golf? I watched Tiger Woods win the 2019 Masters. I watched Tiger Woods win uh, on a Sunday. I used to just sit on my couch and watch Tiger play an entire Sunday. I don't care if it's the Farmers Insurance Open on January 26th. It was at Torrey Pines and it was Tiger Woods. Your grandkids will know that name. Like we know Jack Nicholas. Like we know Ben Hogan, Sam Sneed. We will... And I already have stories like that. I've, I watched in-person Tiger play on a Sunday and win the tournament, wrapped a shot around a tree, one of the coolest memories I have in sports. And if any of you want to hear that story, give me a call. I will tell that story to anybody, and, and it'll be 12 minutes with insane detail because it's that fun to tell. So get yourself one of those stories. Tiger Woods, man. Let's take a break. When we come back, all-star game captains are in for the basketball world. Who are they? What is their significance? Next. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline. 540-639-4900. Hello? Who's there? I'm talking. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing. On WRAD Radio Network, I'm Tim Donnelly. Producer Lobro joining me here inside the Makadu studio. All-star game for the NBA is slightly better than the Pro Bowl. I was about to ask, you kind of talked that up during Got You Covered about the all-star game versus the Pro Bowl. All-star game is significantly better than the Pro Bowl. But there's um, still like a risk for injury and stuff, though. Yeah, but basketball, and, and this is probably because of the nature of the two sports, basketball players are not afraid to play basketball. If, if you look uh, at what NBA players are putting on their, their uh, social media pages in the middle of the offseason, they're essentially doing the same thing they do in NBA basketball games. They're getting together with other NBA players, and they're playing pickup basketball. Um, football players don't do that. You don't see football players in the offseason getting together, strapping on the helmets, putting in the mouthpieces, and knocking each other silly. Um, it, it's just the nature of the games, right? There's a reason why you can play four NBA games in a week and if you're asked to play on a Monday and then play again on a Sunday in football, it's like, oh, when am I going to get better? When am I going to recover? I need those days, right? Mm-hmm. It's why football is played once a week. Um, 
So players are more likely to put in a at least a, a semblance of effort in, in basketball than they are in, in football. And and the all-star game for basketball, make no mistakes about it. It's not like you're getting full NBA effort. But what you are getting is the two teams basically get together to guarantee that in the last four minutes it's going to be close and the coaches agree to have the best players in the world on the floor for the last four minutes and we get to see an end game situation on what it would be like to see you know LeBron throws it to Luca who kicks it out to Dame Lillard who goes down low to Anthony Davis and then back out to Kawhi uh, on a possession which we don't get to see that often so so the all-star game I'm very much involved in also all-star weekend is much better for the for the NBA Dunk contest, three-point contest are better than anything any other sport has other than the home run derby. Those three things, dunk contest, three-point contest, home run derby, are by far the best things surrounding any all-star weekend. And that includes the games. Um, so LeBron and Giannis are the captains. And, and I talked about this a bit in the Gotcha Covered segment, but that just proves to me that we are in a very, very special time in the NBA. We talked yesterday about the difference between an age and an era, and we found the technical reason. I don't care whichever one you use. Call it the LeBron age. Call it the LeBron era. I, I don't care at all. But but it is the LeBron era right now, right? He's the leading vote-getter in the West. He's got four MVP trophies. He's got three world championships. It's the LeBron era. But there's this awesome thing that happens every 10 years where – we already know who's got next, and they're also in their prime when the guy who's got now is just holding on. And it's happened a few times, and, and honestly, not, you know, not more than twice in my lifetime. There was the, the right, you know, late 80s, early, early 90s. It was Jordan entering his prime while Bird and Magic were still in their prime. Then there was... Jordan late in his career, and and you know this might even be Wizards Jordan, uh, being still around, still averaging twenty, and Kobe still there, entering his prime, and Kobe was about to take over. Then Kobe was still in his prime, and LeBron was taken over. Now LeBron's still in his prime, and Giannis is taken over, and it's those little slivers. It's the middle part of the Venn diagram where it gets really, really exciting for us, and we are in one right now. LeBron and Giannis are both in their prime. Now, it won't last forever, and it won't be, be something that, that um, we can take for granted, but we're going to look back at this point and go, gosh, they were both there and they were both doing their thing. And they were both recognized publicly. right? It's, it's different than when, like, like, it wouldn't count if the guy who had next was Zion. Because we'd all just be guessing that Zion was going to take a, take a torch from someone. Right? He's played one game. But Giannis already has an MVP. He was the best player in the league last year. He's already doing things that, that seemingly were impossible 10 years ago. So he's already here. He has arrived. right? He showed up for his reservation and LeBron's still eating his dessert. And now there's one table for the two of them. Who's going to eat? Who's going to eat? The All-Star Game can help decide that. Let's take a break. When we come back, Silvio D'Souza of Kansas, 12-game suspension. Is that the right move for the NCAA and the Big 12? Next.
Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, and 14.60 a.m. I'm Tim Donnelly, alongside producer Lobro here inside the Makadoo studio. So, so we've talked extensively over the last couple of days, including a conversation with Bill Roth during the Roth Report, uh, about the Kansas-Kansas the State brawl. Uh, about Silvio D'Souza throwing haymakers, uh, Kansas State throwing haymakers, uh, and D'Souza picking up a stool but then dropping the stool and not actually hitting anyone with the stool because if you would have hit someone with the stool, it would have been a much more serious situation to have found Kansas in. But here's the deal. The hardest thing to do is to punish something that doesn't happen that often, right? In the NFL, it's really easy to punish someone for pass interference. It's really easy to punish someone for holding. It's really easy to punish someone for uh, jumping off sides because those violations happen multiple times a game and there's very set rules. If you hold, it's 10 yards. If you jump off sides, it's five yards. There's, there's strict guidelines. It's more difficult to punish someone if they pick up the yard marker and try to stab someone in the heart. Because that doesn't happen that often. There's nothing in the rule book that says if someone picks up the, the down and distance marker and tries to spear the opposing team's quarterback with it, then they shall be awarded four games and a 15-yard penalty. Like, there's nothing like that. So in college basketball, how do you punish how do you punish someone that throws a couple of punches, picks up a stool, drops the stool and incites a brawl at the end of a rivalry game? There's nothing in the they, they can't go to the rule book. There's nothing on the menu that says all right, picked up a stool, dropped a stool, incited a riot, mm-hmm, took it into the stands, okay. That's plus 3. Boom. 9 games. So what, what do they do? They got to go into a committee, right? Big 12, the conference has to get together. They have to think, all right, how much should this be worth? Uh, enough to deter it moving forward, but not to unfairly punish the other kids. And uh, 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 They reached into a hat. They swirled around their hand. They pulled out a number and said, 12 games for D'Souza. But it wasn't just D'Souza. All right, the other three guys get uh, two games, uh, three games, and uh, eight games. All right, what that guy did was it was two-thirds as bad as D'Souza. D'Souza gets 12. He gets eight. That was one-fourth as bad. He gets three. There's no math involved. There, it, it, it's impossible because there, there's no precedent for it, right? Yeah. So, so I have a way to stop it. I have the way that I would handle this, right? Sports dictator. Give the players whatever you want to give them. 10 games, 12 games, whatever. I'm fine with it, right? Players made made the bad decisions. They need to be punished for making that bad decision. Yeah. But in my mind, the punishment is more about making sure this doesn't happen again. Right? In my mind, the punishment is a deterrent to everyone, future NCAA basketball, to, to keep their heads cool and not let this happen again. Because it's not like we can throw it in reverse, get in our old DeLorean, go back to last week, and 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 change what happens with, with Kansas and Kansas State. What happened in that game happened, and there's nothing we can do about it. You punish them for it because that's what you have to do, but it's more about the deterrent moving forward. Yeah, and you said they don't have a precedent. I mean, set it now, you know? Here's what I would do. I would ban Bill Self. Eight games. 
and I would ban Bruce Weber, Weber, the head coach of Kansas State, three games. You want to see other teams take this seriously, put the people that have to set the tone to take it seriously at risk. Hmm. There is not a single element of a a there's not a single element of a college basketball program that the coach does not have his fingers on. His his fingerprints are all over the schedule, all over the practice, all over the games, all over the pregame meals, all over the who talks to the players, all over the the when do they have study hall, all over everything. What where the money goes, where the funding goes, what new media rooms they get, what new locker room additions they are allowed to have. Are they allowed to have stools in the locker room? Do they get that taken away? Are they allowed to wear stuff that says Kansas on, the, uh, on their shirt? Or do they have that taken away? All I would do is say, listen, if your team fights, the coach will be at risk. And suddenly, you're going to have coaches in practice, in meetings, Making sure players know there's going to be no fighting. There's going to be no fighting. Because if you fight, my butt's in the jackpot. And you don't put my butt in the jackpot. You want to see a a, a coach get mad at a player? Watch that player do something that makes the coach look bad. That's That's when coaches really start changing things. I mean, I, w- I mean, I would argue this fight made the coaches look really bad, too. Yeah, but they'll be coaching next next game. They'll yeah. be coaching the game after that, and they'll be coaching the game after that, and they'll be coaching the 12th game that Silvio D'Souza has to sit out, and the coaches will still be there. That's crazy. It, it Like, I'm not saying ruin their season and bench them for 30 games and, you know, postseason bans. I'm saying make the coach have to watch five games in his living room. Make him have to go buy the college basketball package so he can watch his own team play an away game. <laughs> Make him go buy the Big 12 network, which he usually doesn't need because he watches all the games in person. <laughs> right? Make him do that, and he will ensure it never happens going forward. If there is anyone in that program that is going to ensure that it never happens again, it's going to be Bill Self. Because guess what? Silvio D'Souza is a really talented guy. He was a big-time prospect. He'll probably, or maybe not because of character issues, but he probably would have been in the NBA in a year or two anyway, right? Even if this didn't happen. So any lessons he learns, they're going to die out eventually, right? He's not going to be the upperclassman to speak wise words to the freshman forever and ever and ever. He can't say, when I was your age, I learned this, that, and the other, so you should learn from my mistakes. He won't be there to give that speech. But do you know who will be? The coach. He will be there to say, listen, I had to sit out eight games back in the, you know, he could say this in, in 2034. 2034, he could say, listen, back in 2020, I had to sit out eight games because one of my players acted a fool. If any of you are going to act a fool, you will feel the wrath of, of, of a coach scorned. You know what they always say? Uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. NCAA hath no fury like a, a coach scorned. Right? Uh, what, what can the NCAA do to a player? Suspend you. Right? What can a coach do to a player? Wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning, make you go to the stadium, and run stairs until 7. Every day for weeks, 
right? Suspension, it's tough, right? Missing out games stinks. And as a competitor, I can't think of much worse. But but if you say the worst punishment is a suspension to somebody that's been doing a six-inch plank for the last 12 minutes with two 45-pound plates on their back and, and their entire body is shivering and wanting to shut down, they're going to say that's pretty darn bad. Do you know what our, our punishment was if you messed up in what? college? If you showed up late to a meeting, mm-hmm. if you showed up late to practice, if you were going to miss a study hall because you were going to be seeing a teacher during office hours and you didn't call to let the coach know that you weren't going to be in study hall, you had to run stadium steps with a medicine ball straight over your head, arms locked out. Doesn't sound bad, does it? Who boy. I didn't have to do it often, which is nice. And you want to know what the real mental warfare of it was? This is the stuff a coach can do, everybody. This is the real mental warfare of it. Uh, luckily, quarterbacks, if you got in trouble, you just you were punished by yourself because we're an individual position, right? We're, we're very egotistical, and uh, only one of us plays. Um, but if you're like a wide receiver uh, or a lineman, what would happen was if you messed up, let's say me, Lobro, and 12 other guys are, are uh, on an offensive line, and, and Lobro shows up late to practice. You know what that punishment's going to be? In front of all the others? No, 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 no. You are going to stand at the top of the stands. We are going to have to run up with medicine balls locked over our head. And every time we get to the top, we have to high-five you as you don't do any work. Whoa. Wait, so you, you get everyone else riled up Everyone you. else runs and you don't. That sounds that doesn't sound bad until after the fact. Everyone hates you. And you have to high five them as they are getting their tails whipped and you don't do anything. And you're the one that showed up late. That's rough. Coaches control the program. You want to enact change, put the coaches butt in the jackpot. Put them at risk. Suddenly, all this nonsense, and I'm not saying don't punish the players. I'm saying in addition to punishing the players, punish the coaches. Uh, all of this will stop quickly. Let's take a break. When we come back, Jimmy Garoppolo's finding motivation in the slights, but he's taking it from the wrong spot. Next. Your daily dose of adrenaline. Adrenaline shot here. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. 101.7103.5, AM. Uh, funny, funny coincidence here, right? So before we get to Jimmy Garoppolo, we're talking about fights in basketball, uh, about the, the, the Kansas-Kansas State fight, right? Yeah. Well, how about this? Maybe some younger people were watching that game Thought it was cool. Uh, I follow uh, WDEL.com, which is uh, Delaware News from my time back in, back in uh, college. I know some of the guys that have gone on to work there from co- my comm school, all that kind of stuff. Um, I see this headline during the, the last commercial break. Fight turns Cape Henlopen versus Sussex Tech into a game of three-on-three. Three. How about this one? Ready? Uh, and this is according to, to S- Sean Green, who I know. Sean Green, good guy. Um, a fight at the Sussex Tech versus Cape Henlopen High School boys basketball game led to a finish that featured just six total players on the court. According to reports, 
Uh, the fight broke out midway through the third quarter with Cape Henlopen leading by 12. After sorting out the melee, the officials ejected all but three players on each team. So they finished the game starting halfway through the third quarter to the end of the game, playing three-on-three full-court basketball, which I can only imagine is absolutely exhausting. Just running up and down the floor like a, like a, a track athlete trying to play basketball with no subst- substitutes available. Uh, and how about this? The school that was trailing by 12 came back to win 63-62. Who started it? I don't know. Hmm. The ejected players could all face suspensions depending on the types of fouls issued during the fight. Three on three. How funny would that have been if there was more time on the clock in the Kansas-Kansas State game and suddenly they were like, everyone's ejected except for you, 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 and you. <laughs> Everyone else to the showers. But seriously, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it is a deal where um, you know, you see fights break out at the pro level. Suddenly it's okay for fights to break out at the college level. You see fights break out at the college level. Suddenly you see fights breaking out in high school. And, and I know it's not that linear. It's not exactly that, that way. It's still a bit of a slippery slope. But, but you, I mean, you, you got to nip all these fights in the bud because, um, because you don't want it. Like when you show up to watch a basketball game, it's not like showing up to watch a WWE fight where you're looking for bloodshed, right? You're, you're looking for basketball. But I do like the idea of finishing a game full court, three on three. I wonder if the coaches, like, are you going, play the one-two zone? No, we're going to go with the one-one-one instead of a two-three, instead of a three-two, instead of a one-three-one. It's like, I need I need the two-one or the, or the, you know what, we're going to go with the three across. How about this? We just take all the players out and you make the coaches just do one-on-one. You want to hear something hilarious? Um I, I was a, a counselor at a very, very high level, not a counselor, I was like a chaperone, at a very, very high level lacrosse camp, right? It was one of the, the biggest recruiting lacrosse camps in the country. It used to be a summer job of mine. I would take the kids around. And do you know how they settle halftime or uh, settle uh, overtime in, in like really, really uh, time-sensitive situations in lacrosse? Oh. They play one-on-one full field. Huh. You put a goal – actually, it's two-on-two, two, I guess, technically. You have a goalie, and you have one guy on each team, and they play that big old lacrosse field, and it is hilarious. And I was a um, – uh, like the chaperone or whatever for a 14-and-under game, which I my team was 14-and-under. They were all freshmen in high school or younger. And uh, it was hilarious because they would – it was hot outside, right, middle of the summer. They've been running around all day. And it would come down to one guy, and and all that would happen is someone would win the faceoff, and they'd run as fast as they could, and they'd have a guy at their hip, and they'd run like 50 yards, and they'd shoot. And if they missed, the other team would get the ball, and they would grab the ball and run the length of the floor, and they'd run 100 yards, and, and they'd the other shoot. Guys like cha- <laughs> and and they're just chasing him. It's There's like no defense, no, hey, help, 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 someone get him. He would just run the lane, and he would shoot. And if he missed, the other guy would get the ball, and they'd run all the way back. First one to pass out. And, this? and and it got to the point where, like, early in the weekend, it was it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, tournament. Er, like, Thursday, it was always if – if there was an overtime, it was just the best kid, right? You pick your, your star, and you go, all right, you're in. And they'd go play. By the end, it was like, all right, who's got the most juice left in the tank? Oh, so <laughs> they would swap them out? 
No, no, like I'm saying, like a different, uh, a different, um, overtime. Like the next game, if they went to overtime, by the end of the weekend, it was like, all right, who? Because they're all kids, right? They're 14 year olds at sleepaway camp. All right, who actually went to sleep before like three o'clock in the morning last night? Who's got some? Who's got some energy left in the tank? And one kid would raise his hand. All right, get in there, and they'd just be. Running. I thought you, I thought you were saying like overtime, like you know they'd have the like the best players out, and then when they got tired, they'd switch the no, next. No, no, no. It was whoever whoever was in, you finished the overtime, wow. and it was first goal wins it, and they would be running forever, just one on one, and I'd just be watching, and I was in pretty good shape at the time, and I'd just be watching it going. Good thing I'm not doing that. I'd be exhausted. And after the game, especially if they won, everyone would go run and pile on them, and, and you just see them go like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 no. And then they just lay down, and everyone would jump on top of them, and they were just gassed. And and three-on-three basketball full court had to be similar, right? There's so many few, so fewer people to get back on defense. Every single play could be a fast break if you wanted to push the tempo. It just has to be uh, – it has to be um, – uh, a crazy deal here. Looks like we're going to go ahead and take a break. We, we're going to get back here. Uh, now that we hear that music, we're going to get back here after the top of the hour with Hokie Hour. Be sure to stick around.